the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Assurance. When you die, do you have assurance that heaven will be your home? Welcome to Canyon Ridge Radio with Pastor Chris Chadwick, a ministry of Canyon Ridge Baptist Church in San Diego. You'll hear verse-by-verse preaching that will help you know and love Jesus in a personal and practical way. Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 8 and listen in to this message in progress as we learn from the Bible how to have assurance. In situations of witness as a result of human hostility. Only God knows the number of people who have bled for their faith and died for no reason other than they are followers of Jesus Christ. We saw some difficult questions. And then we see in verse number 36, some difficult commentary. Notice verse number 36, Paul says, As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep to the slaughter. Paul comments in verse number 36 on the difficulties he has just mentioned with a quotation from Psalm chapter 44, verse number 22, where he says, yea, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep to the slaughter. Psalm 44 is an anguish complaint that God has allowed his people to suffer a devastating and humiliating military uh, defeat at the hands of the enemy. And he's done this despite the faithfulness of the people and the heart that the people had for God. They they were loving the Lord. They were walking with God. They, They weren't under judgment and yet God allowed, he didn't cause, but he allowed the nation of Israel to lose. And Psalm 44 is, is almost a complaint Psalm. Lord, for your sake, we're killed all the day long. Lord, we've been walking with you and here we are dying. We're, we're counted as sheep for the slaughter. The Christian life is not a life of ease. It's not a life of comfort. I I can't promise you, and we wouldn't promise you because God's word doesn't promise you, that if you come to Canyon Ridge, your life will be better. I can't promise you that. I can guarantee you this, your eternity will be better if you'll be a follower of Jesus Christ. But I cannot promise you that your life is going to be easy. Somebody said to me one time, well, 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 you know, other pastors, they make the promise that if you'll do this, then, then God's got a, a best for you and a plan for you, and it's going to be amazing and awesome and wonderful. Well, I hope he has a plan that's amazing, awesome, and wonderful for you. But in the totality of Scripture, especially the New Testament, we see a lot more persecution than we do, you know, wealthy people living in La Jolla. Now, if you live in La Jolla, please invite me over regularly. I mean, that'd be cool. I'm for it. I want it to happen. But but Paul is saying, well, any of these negative things separate us from the love of God. Oh, and before you think that this is theoretical, the Holy Spirit knew what was coming with Nero. Before you think this is theoretical, oh, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We're accounted as sheep to the slaughter. In other words, guys, there's a cost to discipleship. 
There's a cost to be a true follower of Jesus Christ. Living for Jesus isn't cheap and living for Jesus isn't easy. Matthew chapter 8 and Luke chapter 9 parallel the story and the accounts of the of three men that Jesus talks to about the very issue of verse number 35 and verse number 36. These men were representatives of, of many non-believers, not all, but many. They professed allegiance to Jesus Christ, but they would not submit to true discipleship. They, they proved that they did not or they were not truly saved. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 19, a, a, a man promises to follow Jesus wherever he went. And, and Jesus said to him in Matthew 8, 19, the, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has not where to lay his head. And, and this man was, was a, a wealthy individual. And Jesus says, I, I can promise you absolutely no creature comforts in this life. And the man went away and was not heard from again. Luke chapter uh, 9, verse number 57 and 58, the, the Lord called the second man and says, come and follow me. And the man makes this statement. He says, let me first go and bury my father. Sounds like a reasonable request. My dad died, I need to go bury him. But his dad hadn't died. His dad was still quite healthy. And what the young man was saying was, let me go and live out my life with my dad. And then when my dad finally dies, I'm the oldest. So I'll get a double blessing or a double portion of the inheritance. And my dad's wealthy. So I'll become very wealthy and I'll be responsible for all of the family's monies and all of the family uh, authority and all of the privileges of being the patriarch of the family. And Jesus, I'm going to follow you, but I'm going to follow you after my dad dies and after I get my windfall inheritance, then and only then will I follow you. So Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to get saved. I'm going to trust you as savior, but I'm not going to do it today. I'll do it at some other point. I'll, I'll do it at, at some other time. And Jesus said to the guy, let the dead bury the dead. They're spiritually dead. Let them bury them. If you're going to be a follower of me, come and follow me now. In other words, Jesus said, today is the day of salvation. Get saved today and follow me today. And the guy went back to his house because he wanted the benefit of Jesus, but he didn't want the burden of discipleship. So he did not get saved. Let me be super candid with you today when we talk about verse number 36 in our text, that there are some people in this room right now, right this second, who you'll come to Christ. You just aren't going to come to Christ today. You'll get right with God, just not right now. After the next promotion, after I make it through my school, after I get a pay raise, after the next vacation, when the kids are finally out of the house, it doesn't matter the excuse. The reality is Jesus is asking too much from me right now. And so I'm not going to follow him. And Jesus is illustrating and, and, and clarifying the reality that to be a follower of Jesus Christ costs a little bit. That's why Paul is saying, for thy sake, we're killed all the day long. Being a Christian isn't the easiest life there is. 
People say, Pastor, can you water down the truth a little bit? Maybe, maybe we could make the truth a little bit more palatable and a little easier to receive. And no doubt a better preacher could maybe make things a little easier to hear. But the truth is the truth and the truth is unchanging. The third man Jesus talked about in Matthew or in Luke chapter nine, verses 61 and 62, wanted to follow Jesus. But he said, first, let me go bid farewell to them which are at home. And Jesus looked at him. He said, no man puts his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. I want to do this, but I, I want to do that. I want to do this, but I'm going to do that. I want to do this, but I want to do that. Hey, if God is speaking to you, can I encourage you with all the love and kindness that I have inside of me and all the passion that is in my soul? Come to Jesus today. Don't wait. Don't wait for the kids to move out. Don't wait for the windfall. Don't wait for the promotion. Don't wait for the marriage. Don't wait. Put your faith and trust in Christ today and do it now. Well, you know, if I could just be so bold. I think some of these Christians who endured persecution wouldn't be really receptive to the idea that I'm not going to follow Jesus because church time interrupts my TV time. Well, I'd go to church on such and such time, but... You know, what with being tired and all. I know we're out by 6.30 on a Sunday night, 8.10 on a Wednesday night, but man alive, that's just a lot. How do you think these people who are about to be accused of burning down Rome are going to feel When we're in heaven with them, and they're like, you wouldn't, no, this won't go into heaven, but it will at the judgment seat. You didn't serve Jesus to your fullest potential because you wanted to watch TV? Because you wanted to watch cartoons? You're 40 years old watching anime? That's not them. That's me saying that. That's me. That's... Bro, you're watching cartoons? That's more important than Jesus? Like, like that's more important than discipleship? I don't mean the event of discipleship. I mean being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Well, you know, the kids need to go down. That's funny because when you take them to Nonsbury Farm or Disneyland, you stay till the park closes. I'm just saying, well, you know, they, they could sleep in their bassinet thing. What, at church, do we poke them with pins so they don't? Those ladies over there want to give your kids Benadryl right now. <laughs> right now, I'm telling you. Right now, they got every essential oil going. There is lavender at every corner in that room over there. I'm kind of teasing. Really? 
Well, you know, I understand life is busy. I understand life is hard. I'm not trying to be dismissive of the struggles that we have in life. We just read some and we just talked about. I'm not trying, but I am saying this, and I want to be very, very clear about this. There is a cost to discipleship, and, it, and it, it's a high cost, and it's a joyful thing to have and to pay to be a committed, faithful follower of Jesus Christ. And God's called you to it. God's called some of you who could do great things for Christ, but you're just like, oh, I'm just tired. And I, I mean, I was at church on a Sunday night a while ago. I didn't even get anything out of it. Well, I'll be honest with you. I ate a meal yesterday. I can't even tell you what I ate yesterday. It was not memorable. I can assure you of this. I will eat today. Matter of fact, I had a protein shake between services. It was not memorable other than it was memorable for the fact as, as to how ungood it was. And ungood's not even a word. Discipleship cost. I got to move on. I want you to notice a delightful conclusion in verse number 37. Paul says, nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come. Nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In all these things refers back to verse number 35 in the the list of seven things that Paul gave. And then to verse number 36 that we're killed all the day long. And so so Paul is is concluding really this entire section um, with these words and and, and especially chapter 8. Nay, in all these things that I've just talked about but including everything else, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. More than conquerors means this, winning by a long distance or it's not even close. If you like what you've heard so far, check out CanyonRidgeRadio.com. You can see videos and listen to hundreds of Bible messages that will help you in your walk with the Lord. You can also send a message to me and Pastor Chadwick. Check us out at CanyonRidgeRadio.com. Now, back to the message in progress. We always love those those cliffhanger moments where we're not sure what's going to happen. This last year in the NCAA tournament, the University of Gonzaga, the team I always pull for because they're in Spokane where I graduated high school and, and Gonzaga was in the tournament and they were down by one. There was like four seconds left. They they got a rebound. They called the timeout. An out-of-bounds play was drawn up. They they performed the out-of-bounds play. The shot went up at the last second. And you're thinking, my team's not going to win because last second shots for my team seemed to never go in. And man, the shot went in. I jumped up and down. Debbie and I screamed. I mean, it was, it was fantastic what transpired. It was fantastic what happened. We were celebrating. It was great. I mean, it was great. It was awesome. Loved it. Cheering. It was just a great 30 seconds of my life. Loved it. That's not what this word means. Not even close. Last year, yesterday, the Boston Red Sox were playing at home and they lost 28 to 5. I would like to see 28 points scored in any baseball game. If you know me, you know that my biggest contention with baseball is that there's too low, the, the points aren't high enough. And so 28 to 5. 
five they lost. They lost by 23 runs. I mean, it was not even close. They, 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 they lost with the, the, the opponent just winning, going away. It was, it was, you know, if you're a Red Sox fan, it wasn't a great day for you, but, but it was the, the decision was sealed early on, minutes after the game started. And that's the idea of more than conquerors where winning by a long distance, it's, it's not even close. If you're saved, here's what God says. You are more than a conqueror. It's not even close. You're more than a conqueror through him that loved us. It's not even close. Well, pastor, what's going to happen when I die? If you're a believer, that decision was already made before the foundation of the world. You're going to be in heaven with God. It's going to be settled. You're done. And it's not even close. You don't have to worry. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. I know sometimes we think Satan is winning. I know sometimes this, this world is, is changing fast and the enemy plays mind tricks on us. And, and it seems like we're being discouraged and he's challenging us and he's attacking our marriage. And, and the flesh is fighting and it, want to give, it wants to give up on the Lord. You don't see a path forward and, and you can't imagine victory. But you're not only victorious in Christ, you're running away with it. I said you're running away with it. That, that, that there's not a chance that anyone will ever come close to you. You are more than a conqueror. You're a conqueror, but you're more than that. Well, how am I more than a conqueror? Through him that loved us. And then look at verse number 38. I am persuaded. That word persuaded means to let myself think this way, of this truth. It's used in an absolute sense of being convinced. Paul says, I am convinced, I believe, I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord." I'm persuaded, I'm fully convinced that nothing can separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so Paul uses, he concludes verse 39 with the word he introduced in verse number 35, separate us. I'm I'm fully convinced that nothing will pull me apart. Nothing will sever. Nothing will will break the relationship that I have with, with Jesus Christ. I'm fully convinced of that. I'm fully convinced that I'm an overcomer, that, that I'm more than a conqueror, that I'm winning going away. It may seem like Satan is winning, but it only seems that way because we're so far in advance and we're looking so far back. So let's keep our eyes on Jesus and keep moving forward for the cause of Christ. I know there's trouble in this world. I know there's there's challenges in this world. I know things don't go sometimes the way that we wish that they would go. Yes, in this world, we will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, brothers and sisters. Jesus has overcome the world. Man, you're more than a conqueror. You are more than victorious. It's not a photo finish. 
Well, Pastor, sometimes I wonder. I've had people say, I wonder, legitimate. I wonder if I'm going to make it. Oh, no. If you know Jesus, you've, it's as good as done. I said it's as good as done. You're not there yet, but start thinking of yourself as there. In a couple of weeks, I'll be preaching at a church in Hawaii. and spend a couple of days with my daughter, Judith, who's here for uh, the memorial service this week and for my mother-in-law. And then, then we will, um, Debbie and I will come back from the memorial service church next week. And then I'll leave to preach at a uh, men's conference in Hawaii. And then I'm going to go on vacation in Hawaii. And let me tell you, in my mind, it's like I'm already there. Like I'm watching every Magnum P.I. episode from the 80s I can find. Kid you not, every Hawaii Five O. I'm going there. Turtle Bay, I'm going there. Matsumoto's, Shave Ice, I'm already in line. I can already taste it. I know where I'm snorkeling. I've got everything ready in my mind. As soon as I get back, the backpack will be packed. Why, why only a backpack, Pastor? I don't plan on going to a five-course meal. Debbie can do that. I'm going to just hang out on the beach. I'm going to be a bum. I'm not shaving or showering for three weeks. It's going to be great. Taking some workout shoes, and, and we're, I'm already there. Going to Kauai for the first time in my life, really pumped about that. Got the car rented, got the room saved. I'm, I'm there, man. In my mind, I'm there. I'm waiting for it. I can't wait to get there. Got a few things to do till I get there, but I'm thinking about it. I'm, I'm encouraged about it. Man, how much more should we feel about heaven? Well, I know we're eventually going to go there. Man, do you, do you, I mean, do you, have you seen what's going on in Washington, D.C.? I try not to. See, I'm not worried about Alaska because I'm going to Hawaii. You say, don't you want to go to Alaska? No. It's cold. And, and, and going to the beach means something completely different in Alaska than Hawaii. If I get in the water in Alaska, it's for life-saving measures only. I've won more than a conqueror. And if you know Jesus, so are you. And if you don't know Jesus, you're not. And you never will be until you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Once you accept him, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature will be able to separate you from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. But until that point, the Bible actually says, we read it earlier, Romans chapter five, verse number 10, you're the enemy of God. See, Jesus loves you so much that he died for you and he wants to give you eternal life. And if you'll put your faith and trust in Christ alone, he promises to save you. He promise, He guarantees that he will save you. And you can have the fullest assurance that when you die, heaven's going to be your home. I don't know what struggles you'll face in the next year. I have no idea. There'd be no way that any of us would know what struggles we face in the next year. Between January and June of this year, my mother-in-law was diagnosed with cancer and went home to be with Jesus. We weren't planning on that. We'll celebrate her life this coming Thursday in Bakersfield. We, we weren't planning on that. We weren't planning on my father-in-law being alone. Matter of fact, we were planning on my father-in-law probably passing away earlier. And he's as strong as an ox. I mean, it just, it, it, he's fine. We, we, weren't, we, we didn't know this was coming. 
But I'll tell you this reality. It didn't separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. It didn't separate us from our eternal home in heaven. And because of that, I have so much to rejoice about. And listen to me. So do you. So do you. If you're a believer, well, things aren't going well for me right now, Pastor. I get it. I I do. But your eternal destiny is established. It's set. Heaven is your home. You might be here today and say, man, I wish heaven was my home and I wish my eternal destiny was set. Well, it can be if you'll accept the reality that you're a sinner and trust in Jesus Christ alone to save you. Jesus promises to give you eternal life. He says, any that comes to me, I will in no wise or no way cast out. I'll never kick anyone out who's a fo- who, who comes to me humbly. If you're here today and you don't know Christ as your savior, acknowledge the reality that you're a sinner. Ask Jesus Christ and only Jesus to come into your heart and to save you. And if you'll do that, he promises to give you eternal life. You say, that seems way too simple. No, salvation is, is simple, but it's not cheap. It's easy, but it's not cheap. But it takes dying to self and dying to your own way of living in order to have heaven as your home. So put your faith and put your trust in Jesus Christ alone and do it today. Don't wait for tomorrow. Don't wait for next week. Don't wait for next month. Do it now. Don't postpone it like the guys we talked about in the book of Matthew and Luke. Oh, I'll do it later. No, come to Jesus today. And believer, come to Jesus today and rejoice. You have so much to rejoice over. Your eternal destiny is settled. And nothing, absolutely nothing can change that. You've been listening to Canyon Ridge Radio with Pastor Chris Chadwick. Before we go, if you have any questions about what it means to be a Christian and how to go to heaven after you die, we invite you to visit our website, canyonridgeradio.com, for more information. We hope this episode of Canyon Ridge Radio has been an encouragement to you. Canyon Ridge Baptist Church is a growing church located in beautiful San Diego, California. If you're in the San Diego area, make plans to visit us this Sunday at 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 5 o'clock p.m. at 6866 Linda Vista Road. For more information about our church, our pastor, or how to know Jesus as your Savior, visit our website at canyonridgeradio.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.